But Sally Murphy is with us now. It's time for the Rural News. Kia ora, Sally. Cyclone-affected farmers are getting a boost today. Kia ora, Charlotte. They are. Over 250 Hawke's Bay farmers will receive 75 kilometres of fencing materials, including 20,000 fence posts today, in a bid to help them get back on their feet after Cyclone Gabriel. The charity, Rapid Relief Team, has worked with sponsors in Hastings and across the country to collect about $375,000 worth of materials. Charity spokesperson Danny Blampede says the donation to farmers is a drop in the bucket compared to what's needed. We've got about somewhere between 250 and 300 registered farmers that will come and collect their free fencing packs and they will get up to about three to 400 metres worth of fencing so that they can go and do some fencing repairs. So there'll be wire, posts, staples, strainers and it's all put into a pack. We had to cut the registrations off because we, you know, there's a limit to how many people we can deal with in one day. So we are going to have more events coming up. But what we've found out is I think there's approximately 2 million metres of fencing that estimate has been damaged in, in the Hawke's Bay area. Danny Blampede says there are over 2,000 farmers in the Greater Hawke's Bay area who have lost, on average, of 5 kilometres of fencing per farm. To other news, farming groups are urging the government to adopt a common-sense approach for stock exclusion rules. The government has been reviewing the regulations and slope map used to identify high-risk areas after concerns were raised over the impact they're having on lower-intensity farming systems, which tend to be stocked at lower levels. One option is to include an exemption for lower-intensity farms, and the other is to scrap the slope map entirely and replace it with freshwater farm plans. In a joint submission, Beef and Lamb, Deer Industry New Zealand and Federated Farmers said freshwater farm plans are preferred as they're tailored to individual farms. Beef and Lamb Chief Executive Sam McIver says while farmers understand the rationale for keeping animals out of waterways, concerns remain around the complexity and practical implementation of the options. The feedback that we have from farmers is that their preference is probably around the use of freshwater farm plans and and either using it as an exception or an alternative might be the best option. The key thing though that people are concerned about is that, excuse the pun, but there's quite a bit of water to go under the bridge yet with freshwater farm plans and how well they're going to work and how practically they're going to be applied on on the ground. So you know, they would say, yep, this sort of makes sense, but um, there's a lot of complexity and practical uh, implementation options to be considered before they'd be happy with it. Sam McIver says some regions are developing freshwater farm plans now, but they won't be rolled out across the country for a few years, so the government needs to take that into consideration. The Ministry for the Environment says it will analyse the 68 submissions made and give feedback to relevant ministers in due course. This season's onion exports are wrapping up, with growers reporting higher prices. Wild weather in the North Island earlier in the year destroyed onion crops in Pukekohe, meaning overall yields were down 25%. Onions New Zealand Chief Executive James Cooperus says it's been a season of two halves. It's been a difficult season, and although the export prices have been strong and there's been good global demand for New Zealand onions, uh, unfortunately, the weather hasn't really played ball for us over here in New Zealand, so it's been very difficult, um, very tricky to to grow and harvest the export quality crop. 
Mr Cooper says a worldwide onion shortage has helped keep prices elevated. The Europeans had a very hot, dry summer last summer, and that created a lot of pull into the European market, which benefited New Zealand and other other producers. Uh, but we are finding that there are you know, weather events globally that do impact on uh, the availability of onions and other vegetables going around here. Mm. And so did growers get paid higher prices this year because of that? Uh, the price was certainly higher, but whether it compensated for the loss of yield, um, probably not. You know, it, it was extremely um, difficult season for North Island growers. So overall, the prices were higher, but um, they didn't really offset the, the cost of production or the yield losses. James Cooper says New Zealand's key export market for onions is the European Union, so the recently signed free trade deal will be great for growers. He says when the deal comes into force, the 9.6% tariff on New Zealand onions will be removed. Right, it's time to get the latest from the sale yards around the country. I spoke to Suze Bremner from AgriHQ a little earlier today. Well, the sale yards are pretty quiet at present, though one area to just kick back into gear is the feeder calf sales. Most of these have started in South Auckland and Waikato and they are off to a pretty solid start with some good quality calves offered. So there have been good numbers of Frisian bulls coming forward and around normal tallies of dairy beef so far. Those Frisian bulls have been trading at $60 to $195 and most of the black Hereford Frisian bulls are making $120 to $280. Hereford Frisian heifers have been selling around $100 to $150. Now, those calf tallies will increase over the next few weeks in dairy-dominant regions nationwide as the farmers get into the full swing of calving. And what are you seeing with the lamb market? Well, Fielding is putting through some decent tallies of prime lambs as some farmers opt to sell at auction rather than sending straight to the processes, where, of course, those schedules have been coming back each week. Sometimes that can be a better option if there are buyers there with contracts that need to top up their numbers, and so they'll often pay a premium to do that. There were a good number of buyers there on Monday, and so most lambs sold for $160 to $180, and a top line reached $195. Now, in the South Island yards, prime lambs have mainly been trading at $110 to $185, though unfortunately not so much joy for those selling dry and cull ewes around the country as those falling mutton schedules here are keeping a lid on prices at auction. That's Suze Bremner. A Whanganui timber merchant says New Zealand has a lot to gain from farming exotic tree species over importing timbers. Mac Black Managing Director Richard Thompson says eucalyptus and blackwood grow well in New Zealand soils. However, not many businesses mill them. One of the one of the issues is that there's not a lot of familiarity with people in New Zealand for these alternative species. And everyone knows Rimu and Matai and Totra. Those are the timbers that we've all grown up with in most of our houses. But we're no longer cutting them to any great degree. And so there's a gap for what are we going to use instead? Richard Thompson says understanding the growing and milling process of different tree species is improving, so the industry's growth potential is great. And you can hear more of Mr Thompson's story of milling his own exotic tree species on Country Life tonight and tomorrow morning right after the news at 7. And just lastly, a subsidised artificial insemination programme in Kenya is helping the country's farmers increase milk production. 
Local news network KBC News reports nearly 4,000 farmers in the Kiranyaga region have benefited from the programme so far, which has a target to have over 50,000 cows served with semen from high milk producing cattle breeds. The area's governor says it's hoped the new breed will increase milk production from the current 5 litres to 12 litres per cow per day, enabling local farmers to earn more money from the sale of their milk. And that's the rural news for this week. Kia pai tērā.